Thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Mark 2, 5, and here it's, um, we know this story, and I want to go ahead and read it. And again, he entered Capernaum, and after some days, it was heard that he was in the house, and immediately uh, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him, and they were bringing a paralytic who was carried by how, how many men? Four men. And when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. So they know this is their day. They have kicked the roof in and let's assume everybody below is not very happy. Dust and garbage is falling on them. Jesus has stopped his ministering because the roof is coming down. So they have struck this man on there and shoveled him down in there at the foot of Jesus. So he tells this man, arise, take up your bed and go home. And immediately, who arose? He. He did. So he had to pick himself up out of that position that he has been in. So he had to get up and say, I'm not staying like this. I got to try. And at the moment he tried, that's where it came. Right there. It didn't come before. It came at the arising. It's when he tried. Healing is not a feeling. It's a promise that Jesus said, if you'll believe it, you'll have it. And once you, you remember that feeling, uh, healing is not a feeling, all of a sudden your, 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 your thinking changes and you go, it doesn't matter what I feel like, I'm healed by the power of God. You're still getting headaches. It doesn't matter what that feels like because the promise says it's true. Amen. Healing is at that moment when you try by faith. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. The completion of healing is in the action. You got to put action to your faith. You got to put action to your faith. Smith Wigglesworth told a, a, a story or it was told or whatever. And I told God today, I said, I appreciate Smith Wigglesworth's testimony. But I said, I want my own in this time. That's what I said before. I don't want to live yeah. on his testimonies. Right. I'm not against them. That's right. But I want ones yeah. for these years. Right. I want ones right. for that happened last week. Yeah. I want testimonies that happened yesterday. Yeah. I want testimonies that happened this afternoon. Yeah. Could we agree on that? Yeah. And, not, and I told God, I said, 
I'm done with that. Yeah. I'm not against it. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I want my own. Yeah. I'm not saying for me. Just wherever. I don't really care. Yeah. But as long as we're seeing what these men saw, yeah. that's what I want to see. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm not saying I, it's me. It's not. I just want to know if it's happening to Pastor David. I don't care. Yeah. Just give us something. Yeah. But it takes people hungry. Yeah. And faith takes risk. Ministers, I'm going to tell you something. you got to be willing to risk your ministry for Jesus. And what's become of the church is it's become so sterile and so flatlined that we don't want to do anything for insurance reasons and all these other reasons, what they think about us. That's gone. You got to stop that if you're going to do what Jesus needs you to do. Jesus got in more trouble than any other, the other preacher. He got in more trouble. Chasing them all over town. Right? Running them out. Sabotaging them. And during all that, he still continued to perform. So that's where I'm at. There you go. So we know we got to put action. So Smith Wigglesworth was, I don't know, I read this in his book, and a man came with tremendous stomach problems. Tremendous stomach problems. And he had waited, he left, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I get this right, two and a half days, and he walked to where Smith Wigglesworth was having a meeting. And he, he couldn't eat, he couldn't eat hardly anything, very sick. But he made an effort to walk two and a half days. Think about that. And today, we hardly come down the street. And I checked myself on that as well. But what I'm saying is, is when he got there, before Smith Wigglesworth laid hands on him, he had a backpack. And he took off his backpack and said, Brother Smith, I brought my lunch, but I haven't ever ate it in a long time. And after you lay hands on me, I'm going to sit on the side and I'm going to eat my lunch. Where was his arising? In, his, in the backpack. You see what I'm saying? That he said, you lay hands on me. He connected that when Brother Smith will lay hands on him, that's it. That's it. And I'm going to walk over here, and I'm going to open my backpack and eat my food. And he did that exact thing and was healed. Because his arising was in his backpack. And he made up his mind, when I get there, I'm not coming back the same way I went. And we've lost that in the church. There's not been that eagerness and that line that we've separated and said, tonight is my night. It's my night. We say, well, we'll see what happens tonight. I'm not saying y'all do that, but you question yourself. I think we're all guilty of it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Let's go to Luke 6.10. Let's back up a little bit to um, 6.8. And Jesus is here in the synagogue. We know that. We kind of know this story. And he said in... uh, Luke 6, 8. But he said, he knew their thoughts and said to the men um, that had the withered hand. Now, I don't know what a withered hand looks like. I I don't remember if I've ever seen one in person or not. But a withered hand that's been withered its whole life, I'm sure, looks pretty decrepit. Is that true? And we can imagine the other hand 
very strong because it's not been able to share the load. So one hand must be very muscular all the way up and one is not. Okay. It doesn't look like a normal hand, so you can't fake it. Okay. So one is withered. It's decrepit. Probably looks very malnutritioned, whatever you call it. It doesn't move. Okay. And he said, uh, who had the withered hand, what did he say? Rise up. Uh, rise up and stand there. He's about to get his healing. But what does he got to do? But what if he don't? You're not going to get it. You see what I'm saying? So he is responsible to get up. It's our, responsib- our responsibility to do something. It's not Jesus' responsibility. It's yours and mine responsibility to do something. And if that responsibility is because your knees are blown because you're overweight, guess what? You probably need to lose some weight. Is that true? Oh, Brother Stephen, like my dad said, you don't talk about what? Their money, uh, weight, and kids, whatever it is. You know what? I'm not my dad. I'm going to talk about it. And some people probably need to lose weight because the joints is blowing. You come up, but you still eat at Mickey D's. You got to change, but that can be your awakening to say, I'm going to change my eating and I'm coming up here by faith and I decree that tomorrow that's done because I can control myself. I can control what I eat. I can control what I put in my body and I declare I'm healed in Jesus name. You can't tell me he won't meet you there. But if you're going to come up and expect something to happen and then go and stop at Carl's Jr. on the way out, I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to work. You're going to have to change something. Amen. Weight is a big problem in this nation, if you haven't realized. It's a big problem. And it leads to a lot of other causes. We know that. So if we can say, I know that that's a problem in my life, and I decree it tonight that it's changing. And you can do it. Amen. So he says here, arise and stand there. And he arose, and what did he do? And he stood there. He did what he was told. But when he did that, his miracle is now assured. Because he did that. And Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it not lawful on the Sabbath to be good or to do able to save a life? We know this. And then he said, um, he looked around him and said to the man, stretch out your hand. What's the man got to do? What if he can't? Right? I've stuck out my wrist, but not my hand. What do I got to do? I got to try. I don't even know how that really works, but I know I need to try. That's his arising. To say, I'm going to try to do against what's in my body right now. So I'm going to do what the man of God said. It doesn't say he felt warm oil. He didn't say he fell out on the floor under the anointing. It says they're in a very, a very interesting spot right now that they all may be in trouble. Is that true? The Pharisees are watching this whole thing go down and him arising, getting up is already, he could be part of Jesus's group now because he's doing what the prophet said. Amen. Amen. 
So him arising, he's already put his life on the line, and now, but it's worth it. But what do I got to lose? You already got, don't have a hand. Stretch out your hand. And what did he do? And he did so. And his hand was restored as the what? As the other one. So not only does he have just a well hand, he's got a masculine hand. Because this one does a lot of work. Instantly, now this one looks identical. Because he arose and stood there and stretched forth something that he actually couldn't do. But he decided to do it. Am I helping y'all tonight? Amen. So tonight, decide in your life where your arising is that you need God to do something. Whatever it is, you, you can do the opposite somehow, some way of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all being helped? Yes. Praise God. There was a man that I think Dad Hagen talked about, and he, um, I, I'm not sure if he did or not, but he was dying of tuberculosis, and he was in a house dying. And he loved Jesus, he loved God, and he was, it just got worse and worse and worse. And he kept saying, I believe I'm healed, I believe I'm healed. And he's laying there. And he got worse and worse and worse, and he just keeps getting worse, and he's coughing up blood. He's it's just getting, it's just, he's going to die. And he said... Um, I don't remember the story exactly, but basically he got to the point and said, I got to get out of here because I can't lay here anymore. I got to get up. What do I got to lose? I can die going just out of the bed or die go down the stairs. At least do something by faith. So he gets out of the bed, stumbles down the stairs in his nightgown and runs and goes I, I don't know if he's running. He got all the way down the road, started crawling, gets to the place, couldn't do anymore, and lays there to catch his breath. He's vomiting blood. He's dying. And he said, I can't go anymore, but what I can do is say the name of Jesus. Yep. And then, it, then he starts saying, Jesus, Jesus. And he can't really say it. He can't really say it. And then it gets a little bit better and a little bit better. And a little bit better. And after a while, he's up on his knees. And then he's standing up. And then he's out and he's healed. Because he decided, I'm not giving in to this. And my running out of this is my arising. This is where my healing's at. There was another woman that was reading the Bible and read that Jesus has taken our sins and our iniquities. He's taken it from us and told her mother about it and said, and she was dying of the same thing. And the, the mother said, honey, you, you can't get up. She said, no, get, get me dressed. The Bible says I'm healed. I got to get up. She said, honey, you can't get up. And then she's told her mom, you told me to believe every word in the Bible. And she said, well, yeah, honey, but you're going to die. She says, I don't care. What do I got to lose? So she went and got her dress, brought her dress, got her dress. She said, give me my shoes. Helped her down the stairs, started walking down the street and got her full healing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Because they decided, I'm not staying here any longer. You really don't have much else to lose, right? Amen. Luke 7:14. I'm almost done, and then we'll, we'll pray for people. We'll back up to 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nin, whatever that is, and many of his disciples 
went with him and a large crowd. And when they came near the gate of the city, behold, a what kind of man? A dead man. Was being carried out, and only the son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he was moved with what? Compassion. Compassion. On her. And he said to her, Do not weep. And when he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still, and he said to the young man, I say to you, what are you telling? Arise. So when he was dead, what did he got to do? What's the man got to do that's dead? He got to get up. Right? What if he just opened his eyes and laid there and goes, oh my God, I'm dead. I'm dead. So what's he got to do? He got to get up and he sat up and began to speak. Because that's the opposite of laying down. So we know that Jesus said this multiple times. Arise. Arise. Said to dead people, said to people that weren't doing too good, whatever it is. So I'm telling you tonight, decide in your life where your arising is. Decide what it is. Come up with something. I don't care if it's washing dishes, something you couldn't do before. Whatever you couldn't do before, do the opposite. Whatever. You know what I'm saying if I said that backwards. So I'm telling you tonight. You're healed tonight. If you will agree with me, you have to agree and say tonight, whose night is it? It's your night. It's your night. But you have to decide and agree that you're healed. Amen. Praise God. Let me go to one last deal. Let me see, where is it? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Luke 13, 11. We've just been in Luke the whole time. I'm showing you these things because as you see the Word of God, faith is coming. Faith is in here. And behold, in 11, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years. How long? 18 years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years. That's a lot. It's easy to read it, but when you count it out, it adds up. And you, after eighteen years, you become one with sickness, don't you? You learn what hurts. You learn what doesn't hurt. You learn how to manipulate it, and you learn how to get around with it. Is that not true? You ever had a blister? All of a sudden, everything you're doing is a little bit different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah you shift. Yeah. You, you got a cut on your hand, all of a sudden everything shifts. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. You become accustomed to it. Sickness makes you accustomed to it. It reigns you in to rob from you. 18 years and he was bent over and could no way, how many way? Raise herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said to her, Woman, 
That's the way you should talk to women. Women? All the men said, oh, that was bad. I'm not even going to ask the women. Okay. Woman? Hey, if, if Jesus is about to lose your infirmities, he can call you whatever he wants, right? It don't matter. Woman? You are loose from your infirmities. And he laid his hand on her. And what does she got to do now? What does she got to do now? She got to do something. She's got to do something. Right? I don't know what she felt. I don't know what happened. But it doesn't say she fouled under the power of God. Jesus didn't guarantee us warm oil. He didn't guarantee us an icy hot pad filling. But what he did say, you do what I say, and what's going to happen? Healing. And he laid, and we know it says that in no way she could, but she probably remembers how to try. She remembers how to try. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and what'd she do? She glorified God. She was made straight because she was willing to try to get straight. She was willing to try to get straight. And now we know that Jesus went to his hometown and had nothing going on but a small couple sniffles and stuff like that. Why? Because they didn't believe. They wouldn't believe what these people were doing. So there was probably the same people that had these same problems that were like, I can't do that. Okay, then. I'm not going to force you. Okay, that's cool. I'll see you later. So we know, keep your arising going. Don't give up on it. Don't give in to sickness. Sickness is an evil spirit. Well, but see, that's ridiculous because it looks this way under a, a microscope. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like because Jesus called it an evil spirit. Yeah. Says that the enemy has come to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. That's what sickness is. But I have come have what? Life more abundant. And I believe we should be a testimony yes. for the world. Come on. It's kind of hard to go into urgent care and talk how good Jesus is when you got all like a sheet load of junk wrong with you. <laughs> and go, you need to come to my church. We believe in healing. <laughs> I don't want to go to your church. You sick as a dog. There has to be a certain look about us in a testimony because people can't combat a testimony. Amen. A testimony is one of the biggest things you can have in your life. Say, look what Jesus did for me. I know you have a brace in your office that you wore as a child. That's your testimony. That he's got that he was delivered from that. God changed his life. There's many others that have had that with, with, with God. But I'm telling you, one of the things Brother Key, uh, Keys taught me or just watching him is he just starts telling people about how God good, how, how good God is. You go to a waiter or something, be like, man, God's been so good to me. And I thought, man, what a great way to say, you know, we were at my church and such and such got healed. Yeah. Well, that's all right. But, they, but you know what's going to happen when they're filling up the Diet Cokes? 
they're going to be thinking about it. Yeah. Man, that, that's, no, that, that, that can't be right. No, it's got, I'm telling you, the Word of God will work on them. Yeah. Amen. Your testimony, we got to start getting this stuff handled. We're not meant to be sick. We're meant to be a blessing so we can help other people. We got to get this thing straightened out. Tony, you come help me. Tony. So, with that, you've heard faith tonight. You've heard faith. There's something inside of you now that you got. You can catch it now. And I believe you can get a post-it note, write it in your Bible, or whatever. Tonight, January 11th, I was here. Now, what happens tomorrow when you go on an airplane, you don't feel so good? Is, feeling, is healing a feeling? No. It's a promise. It's a promise. So you say, I refuse to have that. I refuse to have that garbage in my life. You got to be aggressive with sickness because it's aggressive with you, isn't it? Boy, it'll throw you on the floor, won't it? So you throw it on the floor. Defy it. So if you need healing in your body, I want you to come up here. I'll pray for you, and we believe that you'll be healed. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I have cancer. You have cancer? Mm-hmm. Your projection is to not be here, right? Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. So, Jesus healed cancer. Yes. It does not belong to us. It's an evil spirit. I don't know what it looks like under a microscope. Do you know what it looks like? No. I don't know what it looks like. I just know it grows in your body and kills. Right. But Jesus said it doesn't belong to us. Amen. You believe that, sir? I do. We've had people with testimonies that they were completely healed of cancer. And I believe that tonight you will write into us with a testimony. You believe that? I do. You going to write us a testimony? I'll write you a testimony. You promise? In the name of Jesus, I curse that cancer in his body, and I command it to leave from this night forward. You have no place in this man's body, and I drive you out and cast you out in the name of Jesus. You are healed, sir, from this night forward. Anybody that's watching by live stream, it doesn't matter. If you're laying down, get up for a minute, just a minute. Put, put your iPad down and say to, say to the camera or the screen you're watching, say, I got such and such wrong with me. Go ahead and say it. Now I want you to put your hands on your neck and I want you to say this, in the name of Jesus, I say that I am healed in the name of Jesus and I drive out any sickness I drive out any infirmities, any bone problems, any hurts and pains, stomach problems, head problems, whatever it is. I say that I'm healed now in Jesus' name. Praise God. I believe everybody watching, if you will believe that, write into us and tell us what Jesus has done for you. Say, I was healed by such and such. We got to tell people what he's doing. You're healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Let's all say that I'm healed in Jesus' name.
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.